book of Exodus, chapter 19. Exodus, the 19th chapter. Amen. We will uh, begin there. Praise God. I put in my notes uh, this phrase. I've got to say some things before I can say the things I'm here to say this morning. All right? So let me, I, I didn't even read it right, okay? I've got to say some things before I can say the things I'm here to say this morning. The title of the message this morning is A Nation Inside a Nation. A Nation Inside a Nation. A Nation Inside a Nation. So the things that I've got to say before I can say the things I'm here to say, I'm going to try to say them quickly. In other words, I could spend all of our time this morning just on this first passage, but this first passage is just one of several that I want to use to paint a very big picture for you uh, to see very clearly. Just to remind you, uh, for those of you who are here, for those of you who, who are not here or have not heard last Sunday morning sermon, we talked about the importance of knowing our place, the importance of knowing our role that we're here not just to take up space or to bide our time until we either die or Jesus comes back to get us, but that we are here on purpose. We pointed out that Jesus knew where he came from, he knew who he was, he knew where he was going, and he knew why he was here. And it's very, very important for you and me, the body of Christ, for us, the church, amen, not a building, the church, the people, the body of Christ, to know where we came from, who we are, where we're going, and why we're here. Amen. So we are here on assignment. We have a purpose. It's a very important purpose. Amen. And if we've never had these things explained to us, then, you know, clearly, uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of opportunity for us to be confused and, and so forth and so on. But praise God, we're, we're going to look at these things and look at them very clearly and understand them better today. Amen. All right, so let's begin in Exodus chapter 19 and verse number 5. It says this, Now, therefore, let's see, I jumped. Amen. All right, here we go. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So if you haven't figured it out, this is God speaking to Moses and he's going to give Moses a message to deliver to his people, the, God's chosen people in the Old Testament, um, the Jewish people or the Jewish nation. And so one more, the Jewish nation. So one more time. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandment, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, these are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So what we have here is Father God revealing a plan that he has in his heart. And that plan was for his people, Israel, to become a nation of priests that would then represent all the other people of the earth before him. If you understand the role of a priest, a priest is like an intercessor, a mediator, a priest is someone who represents other people uh, before God. Now, in the New Testament, we still have this office of a priest. As a matter of fact, I'm going to show you in a moment that you are actually uh, positioned in that office so that you can, you can go before God on behalf of other people. You can intercede for other people. You can, you can uh, represent uh, other people before God and, and be that voice, be that intermediary, if you will, 
between God and them. And so we see in the Old Testament that, that God's plans um, from the very beginning uh, wasn't just for Israel to be saved or for Israel to belong to him, but for Israel to be a people separated unto him who would then become a nation of priests for all the other peoples of the earth. Now, we know that Moses went back to them. He delivered this plan to them. He delivered these words to them. But we also know that the nation of Israel resisted this. They said basically, not gonna, not interested. And so what wound up happening in the Old Testament was that God chose one of the 12 tribes of Israel to be a tribe of priests for the nation of Israel. So instead of the nation of Israel being a nation of priests for the other nations of the world, we see instead that one tribe from the nation of Israel became priests representing the other 11 tribes before God. But we also know that Father God did not give up on his plans to have a nation of priests upon the earth that would be priesthood, if you will, uh, for all the other peoples of the earth. So now go with me. I want to show that to you, the fulfillment of this this desire in Father's heart in the New Testament. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9. 1 Peter 2 and 9. Now what we have here are words that are spoken by God, through the Holy Spirit, to the church. What we looked at in Exodus, it was God speaking to His people Israel through Moses. Now, it is um, God speaking to His New Testament church through Peter. And this is what He says of, of you and me. Amen. That we are a chosen generation. You are. Notice, you are. Last week, look at me for a moment before we read this rest of these verses. Last week, we spent some time explaining the difference between you and we. Amen? And, and, and we said that Father God re- recognizes you as an individual, but he also recognizes you as a part of the collected whole. So he knows you individually. He knows how many hairs are upon your head right now sitting in this chair. And that's how much he loves you, and that's how special you are to him as an individual. But he didn't create you to be a loner. He created you with a very important purpose, a very important destiny. But Romans 12 makes it very clear that you cannot fulfill your purpose and your destiny if you don't work together with other people. Amen. So he sees you as an individual, but he also sees you as a whole. So he knows you as a you individual and he knows you as a part of the we amen and so many times we we talk about the church and the church doing this and the church doing that but if the individual members of the body of christ the individual members of the church are not doing whatever it is that needs to be done then the collected whole is not doing a very adequate job at, at the assignment amen it's it's kind of like you know if you have one of those co-workers that kind of lets everybody else pull their weight amen but but how much more effective could the team be if everybody is doing their part okay so when he says you are a chosen generation he's talking about you individually okay you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who once were a people I'm sorry, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who did not obtain mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So, amen. We're having issues with the slides, and I apologize. There we go. All right. So, you are a chosen generation. 
right? Talking about you, amen. I don't know if you've ever seen yourself as, as that, but again, this is what your heavenly Father says of you. Let me, let me say this another way. You may have your opinion of yourself, okay, but this is God's opinion of who you are and, and, the, and the place, the position, the role, amen, that, that you are to play in the, in the earth. He doesn't see you as a failure. He doesn't see you as a sinner saved by grace. He doesn't see you as, as someone who's just trying to scrape by by the, by, by the skin of your teeth. He sees you because he has made you a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Amen. Notice in verse 10, who once were not a people. Amen. But now we are the people of God. In other words, we went from nobodies to somebodies. We went from, from, from being ineffective and, 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 and unimportant to, as far as the future of this planet is concerned, to, uh, the, you know, from, from worst to first, if you will, is, is what he's saying here, because we have obtained the mercy of God. So you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people. What am I trying to show you this morning? I'm trying to show you that the, that the desire and dream that Father God had in his heart expressed through Moses to his people in Exodus has now been fulfilled in you and me. We are that nation of priests. We are kings, priests, and prophets, Revelation says, unto our God. We are now functioning in all of those offices as the body of Christ here on planet earth. We could teach and teach and teach about this. David in the Old Testament was a, was, was a type of, 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 of the Christ who was to come. If you remember David in the Old Testament, he served in all the offices. He served as a, as a king. He also served in the office of the, of the prophet. He also operated in the office of the priest. Jesus is the son of David. Jesus now came as the fulfillment of all of those Old Testament prophets, all those Old Testament positions. Jesus came as king, priest, and prophet. But remember, he's the head, we're the body. So as the body of Christ, we now in the earth are the kings, the priests, and the prophets unto our God, representing him. Remember, a prophet, oh, praise God. Are you still with me? I'm going too fast. I got to say some things for I can say what I'm here to say this morning, all right? So you, a prophet speaks for God on behalf of God to the people. A priest speaks on behalf of the people to God. You, as, as a royal priesthood, a holy nation, amen, you now uh, are in operating in, in those offices as the body of Christ. In other words, you've had God's hand placed upon you so that you can now speak to other people on His behalf and you can speak to God on behalf of other people. This is our role. When we talk about knowing where we came from, knowing who we are, knowing where we're going, and knowing why we're here, this is a huge piece and part of all of these things. Now, the title of the message this morning, A Nation Inside a Nation. A Nation Inside a Nation. So most of the people who um, who watch us online are from the United States. But we do have people who watch us in other countries. Amen. And so I, I will be referencing what's happening in our nation this morning. But the same is true whatever nation you may uh, reside in on the earth. Because if you are a holy nation, this means you are a nation inside of the nation in which you reside. Amen. So I reside, I'm a citizen of the United States of America, but I have a higher citizenship that is even greater and more important than my citizenship here in this country. And that is, I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I am an ambassador for his kingdom, my father's interest, my father's government, 
government and, and what he desires to see accomplished on this earth. I am an ambassador. I am a member of a holy nation, a citizen of a holy nation. I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. You are all these things as well. And we are here as a nation inside of the nation. In our case, the United States of America. It's a nation, right? But you are a nation inside of that nation. Amen. All right. Now, John chapter 17 and verse number 15. It says this, I do not pray. This is Jesus praying for you and me to his Father in heaven. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. So this is Jesus again praying for you and me. And notice what he's praying. He's saying, Father, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. Now, this maybe requires a brief explanation, all right? And, and, and that brief explanation is this. Your heavenly Father wants you with him in heaven. He wants you to be there with Him. Jesus wants you to be there with Him. He even talks about that in this 17th chapter of John. He talks about how He longs for the day when we will see Him in His glory in heaven. Amen. So when Jesus says, Father, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, this is very significant. In other words, Jesus isn't just saying that because it's something kind or polite to say. He's saying that, number one, because that is His heart and His desire. But number two, he's saying that because he's trying to communicate something very important to you and me just as much as he's trying to communicate something to his heavenly Father. And that is, we are in this world just like Jesus was in this world, but we are not from or of this world. We are from another world. We are from another kingdom. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our homeland is heaven. Our, 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 our abode, if you will, is in Christ. And in Christ, we are squarely and firmly planted in the middle of God's grace and in the middle of God's kingdom interest. Praise God. And so he's saying that, that just like I was in the world but not of this world, he says, so then are, are these that I'm praying for, my, my followers, my, the members of my body. So one more time, one more time, we are in this world but we're not of this world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. I could say that 50 more. I could say that over and over again until we're out of time this morning, and it would not be wasted time because I think this is one of the things that COVID and all that's happened in our world since the beginning of, of 2020, especially since March, I think that is one of the, the, the strongest things. Remember I told you the Lord spoke to me uh, back in March, and He said that, that what's happening in, this, in, in the world is revealing some areas in the body of Christ that need to be exposed, that need to be addressed, because it's revealing that, that we are not ready for what's coming and, and our role in it in this world. Amen. Do you, you remember me, me talking to you about that? All right. And so, so this is one of those key areas that we need to be reminded of. We were talking about this on, on Wednesday night. Far too many born-again believers are allowing the enemy to blur the line between what is flesh and what is spirit. And this is another category of that blurring of the line where, where we think that, 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 you know, it's really no different to be in the world and of the world and from the world and in the kingdom and of the kingdom and from the kingdom. My friend, there is a tremendous difference between the two. And when we do not understand when we do not understand what is our higher authority, amen, 
When we don't understand that, you know, you, you hear people say it all the time. You know, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just a mere man. No, you're not. If you're born again, the Bible makes it very clear that you are not a mere man. If, if you are born again, you're not like other people who are not born again. There is a distinct difference between a child of God and a child of this world. There is a distinct difference between someone who has been given a newly born again spirit and has become one spirit with God's spirit and someone who has not experienced that. Are you hearing me? There is a tremendous difference between the two. Now, if, if we do what 2 Corinthians 5 tells us not to do, and that is consider everyone according to their outward appearance, then we're going to be deceived over and over and over again where these things are concerned. But what we are learning and what we are growing up in, and if we've learned anything from this whole COVID thing, is that there is a distinct difference between God's people and the, and the children of this world. Do you, you remember, and we mentioned this back, I don't know, June, I think we talked about this. Do you remember when all that was happening in Egypt? And, and this is where I think it is, is, is so... Um, distinct. As a matter of fact, I've had several of you mention this to me throughout. I had somebody even last week mention this to me, right? Do you remember it says the whole land was covered in darkness, but the lights were on in Goshen. Amen. Because Goshen is where the Israelites lived in Egypt. Goshen was where God's people were. And we see that, that what was going on in all the rest of Egypt was not, it was a distinct difference. Amen. And this is one of the things, listen to me please, you may not be interested in this right now, but just simply because you don't understand it, in other words, to not be interested in it would, would, would reflect some need for spiritual growth on our part. But one of the things that Father God is doing and is going to continue to do is make a distinct difference between those who are His and those who are not. Amen. He wants the world to know who who belongs to Him. And He wants the world to be able to see the difference between a life, a home, a marriage. Amen. That that is that is built upon His truth and His Word and one that is not. So that the people in this world will have an example. For too long, there's been little to no difference between the children of God and, and the children of this world. Amen. And you hear it said all the time, same things that are happening in the world are happening in the church. The, the divorce rate's the same and this and that and all these other things. I'm not, listen, I'm not here to bash anybody. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm trying to tell you. We're all growing, but listen to me. Father God wants there to be a difference. He wants there to be a radical difference. He wants, he wants people who know Him, who represent Him, when, that when things like COVID happens, we don't panic, that, that we're confident, that, 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 that we have words of encouragement. Amen. Because these are going to be the things that will attract people to Him. These will be the things that will cause people to turn away from trusting in the flesh and doing things their own way and, and turning their hearts to Him. Well, amen or oh me. So, salvation then is not just about getting you into heaven. It's about getting heaven into you. And then getting heaven through you into the earth. Do you remember what Jesus taught us in Matthew 6.10 when He taught us how to pray? He said to pray that Father's kingdom would come and that His will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
that His kingdom would come, His kingdom reign, His kingdom rule, His, his, his kingdom realm, the, the, the power of His kingdom, the authority of His kingdom, the, the, the wealth and the glory of His kingdom, that His kingdom would come and be present here upon the earth, and that when His kingdom comes, as Bill Johnson says, and invades the earth, that then His kingdom would be present in power, Amen. So that His will can be done in people's lives. And my brother and my sister, do you not know, amen, if you don't know this, let me go ahead and tell you that His kingdom is in you as a born-again believer. His kingdom is in you as a born-again believer. In other words, when we're praying for His kingdom to come, we're not praying for something three heavens away to fall out of the sky. We're praying for what is already inside of us to come forth from us and be manifest in the earth so that Father God can do in people's lives what He so desperately longs to do in their lives. So notice this is a far cry from what so many people think in terms of heaven. They hear heaven and they think of somewhere they're going when they die. And they think getting saved means you don't have to go to hell and you get to go to heaven when you die. Certainly heaven is a real place. And if Jesus comes back by way of rapture or if you go by way of the grave, if you're a born again man or woman, then you will go to heaven one day when you die. But your salvation is about so much more than that. Your salvation is about Him getting His kingdom into you so that He his kingdom will have an outlet through which to minister to other people in this world around you. Let me remind you one more time. You are a holy nation. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. So notice now, a nation inside a nation. A nation inside a nation. A nation inside a nation. Romans 12 and 2. I'll put it on the screen. It says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you understand a nation inside a nation, you're in a better position to understand what this verse is saying to you and me. He's saying that as a nation inside of a nation, we can't let the nation that we're in, but not of, we can't allow the nation that we're in to conform us, to, to apply pressure to us that would cause us to think, speak, and respond in the same way that the nation we're inside of thinks, speaks, and responds. Are you following me? We talked about this when we talked about we can't let the chaos around us become chaos inside of us. We can't let the trouble going on around us become trouble inside of us. Because as long as we keep the trouble and the chaos and the confusion and the deception outside of us, we're in a position to actually influence and change the chaos that's going on around us. But if we ever allow the chaos, the trouble, the confusion, the deception that's all around us take, take root inside of us, we've just become extremely ineffective at doing anything about what's going on in the world around us. Are you seeing this? Remember, Jesus slept in the boat when the storm was going on around him. His outer environment 
was in chaos and disarray, but inwardly he had great peace. And, and because he had great peace, he slept in the boat. That, now, if you compare his response to the trouble around him to the disciples, they were freaking out. Matter of fact, they even accused him of not caring about them and, and not caring that they were all about to die. Think about that. See, that's, that's a chaotic thought, isn't it? That's something ridiculous to say. That he doesn't, you don't even care that we're dying. I mean, how, who are they to accuse God of such as that, right? But how many people, how many, how many born-again people during COVID have, have accused God of being behind all this? Are you seeing? How many, how many people in all of this, you know, where's God? Why is God allowing this? Why? You know, again, you, are you, do, you, do you see what I'm talking about here? It's, it's, it's the exact same thing. It's because they've allowed the confusion and the deception to get inside of them, and now that's how they're thinking. They're thinking in alignment with that. They're speaking in alignment with that, and they're acting, they're behaving in alignment with that. So as a nation inside of a nation, we cannot allow the nation that we're in to change us. Amen. We, we can't, and, and there's, there's a confusion that the Lord opened my eyes to many years ago, and, and, and he said, it's ridiculous well, that's my word, not his. But let me try to just say it to you the way he said it to me. Um, you can't try to be like the world and change the world at the same time. You, you, there's that, but that's what's happening. That's the, the trap that so many of God's people are falling into is we're here to change the world and we're trying to change it by being like it. it, it, it it's, it'll never happen, Right? This is, this is why in another place he says that we're a peculiar people, okay? That don't, you know, I know some folks in, in Christianity kind of take that to an extreme, and they just see how far they can push that envelope. That's, he's not talking about being weird or flaky. You know, that, what's that, uh, Kellogg's anointing uh, flakes, fruits, and nuts. You know, you gotta, <laughs> uh, praise God. Let me get off my jokes and get back to what I'm supposed to be doing here. Um, but this is what he means by a peculiar people. That, that, that we're, we're going to be odd. We're going to be different. This is why Jesus said that, that we can expect to be persecuted, right? Because if, um, you know, if, if, if we're going to uh, not, you know, become like this world, but remain that straight fence post amongst a whole bunch of crooked ones, then the crooked ones are going to get angry, Right? Um, when I finally, with the Holy Spirit's help, got enough courage to take a stand for Jesus in my high school, it wasn't it wasn't the folks that um, it, it was, I thought it would be. Uh, who remembers the smoke pit in high school? That to show you how old I am. I mean, we, they used to we used to have like a designated place at school for kids to smoke. Amen. Am I the only person in here that remembers that? Yeah, I mean, what in the world? Let's make sure y'all are, my mic's on or something. Amen. So, you know, I was thinking, you know, some of the, the rebellious, rough kids would be the ones that, that would give me a hard time. It wasn't. Man, they loved me. They respected me for it. It was the folks that were drunk on Saturday night and in church on Sunday morning. Those were the ones that dealt me fits or tried to, praise God. Are you seeing, right? So, because, again... And I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't understand this. I, you know, because one of the verses he showed me was when Paul took a stand 
And the Lord, you know, he, Paul was like, I'm the only one. Nobody else knows me. And he said, the Lord told him, he said, I've still got a lot of people in this city, Paul. You know, they're just waiting for somebody to stand up. And if you'll stand up, they'll stand up, right? So that was kind of the verse I was releasing by faith, you know. And so I, I, was, I was thinking that we'd have all these born-again folks, you know, that would, you know, become this, this posse for Jesus, you know. <laughs> Amen. Well, eventually that happened. But praise God, that's another story for another day. But again... Don't be surprised if it's not some of your religiously minded family that gives you the hardest time. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? I've got a dear friend in this room that was raised Catholic when he got born again. His family, they didn't like it. He did not like it. They told him, they said, we like the old Richard better. Yeah. Yeah. The old Richard was the one driving his sports cars through people's houses, you know, out there rebellious. You see what I'm saying? Amen. It, it, it wasn't his people from the world that, that gave him a hard time about it. It was his people. Yeah, yeah, amen. You got what I'm saying. Praise God. Praise God. All right. You still with me? So we are a nation inside a nation. We cannot allow this world around us to conform us, but instead we must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. If we will allow our minds to be transformed, then we will be able, let me say it another way, if we will allow the Word of God to renew our minds, we will be transformed and become agents of transformation. We will become agents of change. Now, a few more minutes, okay, a few more minutes, and I'm, it's clear to me now that I'm not going to be able to finish this today. I'm going to put them back on the screen. You don't have to turn there. We've turned there multiple times already. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 3, it says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the Son of Man is revealed, the Son of Perdition. And we said that word falling away means departure. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the departure comes first. And the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition. The man of sin is, is referring to the Antichrist. Now, there are those who translated departure, meaning there would be a bunch of people who would depart from the faith. That doesn't fit with the context here. Because the context here is... He who restrains, okay? In other words, he's talking about these, this, this, this group, this person, this individual who is holding back the emergence of the Antichrist. And so, again, there's lots of verses here. We've commented on, on several. So I just want to skip down. I'll put, I'll put it on the screen. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Uh, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle John said the spirit of Antichrist is, is already present in the earth even though the individual who will be the Antichrist has not yet appeared. And in the same way then, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Think about it for a moment now. Think the, the mystery of lawlessness. <clears throat> Whether or not you are a organized orderly person okay there's something in us that likes 
that likes order and organization. Am I right about this? Amen? Okay. I mentioned um, a few weeks ago uh, one of my recent trips down to the driver's license uh, there at, uh, off of Finley. Um, and uh, it, it was uh, obviously overwhelmed, and COVID has changed all their procedures. So I'm not here um, to bash anybody. They were doing, I guess, the best job that they could do with the number of people that they had um, to handle the crowd of people that were there. Um, but no one in that crowd was enjoying not knowing what to do, not knowing which line to get in, not knowing if they would even be seen today. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, we enjoy law and order. Are you following what I'm saying? Like, for instance, whether or not you put your buggy back in the corral or not, okay, there's not a person in this room who enjoys thinking you found a premium parking space only to find out as you go to pull into it that there's two buggies blocking it. Right? Right? Now, we can make excuses for ourselves. We were in a hurry. We didn't have time. They should have put one closer to me. You know, whatever. Right? But again, we, we all like it when things are, are orderly. You've heard me talk about, perhaps, if you haven't, I'll mention it now, but my, uh, my trip to Nairobi and then um, a few hours outside of Nairobi into Mwingi, and um, where over there, a two-lane road very quickly becomes a five- or six-lane road. I'm not kidding you, okay? You've got the cars that are going this way, then you've got the folks that are in the middle, and then you've got the motorcycles that are on the outside of them, okay? And, you know, the, the signs are just suggestions, Okay? <laughs> And they drive on the different side of the road even to compound it even more. You know, I've never been so thankful for Pastor Cornelius, you know. Uh, he was chauffeuring me, driving me, you know. And, um, but, you know, trying to get somewhere, right? Because, again, there, there's, there's, there's no order. There's no, you, you, are you understand what I'm saying? Now, you know, here in Hueytown, um, if, if uh, you do 41 miles an hour in a 40, you're going to get pulled over. And it can be obviously very frustrating, you know, <laughs> for that. Praise God. Amen. Or oh me. Just no. Amen. They, they just keep looking straight ahead. But the point I'm trying to make, I, it gave me a greater appreciation for law and order when I found myself trying to commute in a place that there wasn't much. Right? I'm probably spending too much time here, but he's saying the mystery of lawlessness. The mystery of lawlessness. You, you know, we're hearing this whole thing, defund the police. It's ridiculous, right? It's a mystery of lawlessness. You, you, that's evidence of it. That's what I'm trying to show you here. There's nobody in there, right? Nobody who's thinking right wants there to be no law and order. But yet, people are gravitating towards it more and more and more. So this is why he's referring the mystery of lawlessness. It's already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Now, 
I keep getting to this place in this message. Amen. Singers and musicians, come on, come on, come on, come on. Praise God. We're going we're gonna to finish right here. I want us to spend a moment in prayer together this morning. If, um, if you will, please. Matter of fact, won't you just stand with me? Praise God. I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable. So if you would rather stay where you are, then you stay right where you are. But if you, if you are okay with it, I would like to just invite you to just come and, and just gather around here at the front, if you don't mind. Amen. And if you'd rather stay back there, that's fine too, okay? But um, come, and you, you know, you can, there's enough room here for us to spread out. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just, I was praying about the service this morning. This is just kind of what the Lord put on my heart. Amen. Amen, amen. Let me give you just a couple of things, um, and then we're going to pray, okay? It's never been more important for the church to know our role in the plan of God for this world. It's never been more important. Now, I'm not saying that it hasn't been just as important, and I'm not here to try to split that hair with you, but I really feel like the Holy Spirit spoke that to me early this morning, that it's never been more important for the church to know our role in the plan of God for this world. And by our role, our place, our part, our assignment in the overall plan of God. Now, you have a very important part in these things because we have a very important part in them. And whether you've ever thought of yourself in this light or not, the reality is you are a hindrance to the forces of darkness. You are a hindrance to the forces of darkness. Now, I kind of went over a list just off the top of my head last week. I want you to think about this for a moment. And I... I, again, I really believe the Holy Spirit gave me these words and these, these lists. When we, when we talk about stopping the devil, when we, in other words, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm telling you this to scare you, but we've got to understand, right? Governments can't stop him. Think about that for a minute. Governments can't stop him. Education I'm not saying government is important. It is important. I'm not saying education isn't important. It is important. I'm saying government's not important. It is important. But governments can't stop him. Education can't stop him. Armies can't stop him. Money can't stop him. Concrete and steel can't stop him. Science can't stop him. I think there's a lot of folks who have this idea that one day we're going to reach this utopia-level society because we've become so advanced, we've discovered so many medicines, we've discovered so many treatments, we've, we've hacked the human genome, we can fix anything, we can live to be 250 years old if we want to be, and, and everybody's just going to love everybody. My friend, see, again, that, that cannot happen as long as there is a real devil, and there is a real devil, and as important as these things are, science can't stop him, 
Treaties can't stop him. Pleading with him can't stop him. Ignoring him can't stop him. And that's, that's what a lot of people in the church are doing. Just ignore him. Just ignore him. Maybe he'll go away. Ignoring him will not make him go away. Ignoring him will not stop him. Intellect can't stop him. Laws can't stop him. Technology can't stop him. Here's a big one. Pharmaceuticals can't stop him. Pharmaceuticals can't stop him. Oh, sweet Jesus. Time can't stop him. Willpower can't stop him. Are you, there's all these things I'm, I'm trying to show you. And there's probably 50 more things we could add to this list that people either consciously or subconsciously think can stop him. But the reality of it is there's only one thing on planet earth that can stop him. And, I, and when I say the church, obviously it's because we've been washed in the blood. We, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. But my brother, my sister, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against him. The Bible says if you, 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 all of us, if you submit yourself to God, resist the devil, not only will you stop him, he will flee from you. He won't flee from governments. He won't flee from technology. He won't flee from medicine. He won't flee from pharmaceuticals. He won't flee from education. None of those things. None of that. So when I, when I tell you, and by the way, the devil knows that. So where do you think so much of his strategy is, is focused? It's focused on you and me. If he can make us weak, if he can make us ineffective, if he can make us lazy, if he can, when I say make us, he can't make us do anything, but deceive us and trick us and manipulate us, pressure us from the outside, all, all the things that he, you know, spiritual malnourished, all of these things, right, then all of that plays right into his very hands. Amen. All right, I want us to pray together. And... um I don't want you to listen to me pray. I want, I want you to pray. And I want you to pray for our nation. I want you to pray specifically, specifically for the vote that should be coming this week to, um, to uh, install a new Supreme Court justice. Um, it's my understanding she is a spirit-filled tongue-talking Catholic. Amen? 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 That even people who are completely opposed to who she is respect. Amen? By every indication, a godly woman. Amen? My brother, my sisters, I, I said it a few weeks back, I'll say it again. This is potentially has more ramifications for the future than the election Tuesday week. There was a president only be there for at the most eight years, and then another one, and then another one, and then another one. She could very well be influencing the course of this nation and its laws and its and its rulings um, for fifty more years. Amen. Amen. I want you to pray for the election. I've got some things that, that we'll talk about next week, but, but the Lord told me, he, he said, you know, 
my people will be held accountable for what they do in all of this. We, we want to blame it on the world and this and that and this organization and that other. See, again, we got to know who we are. Amen. Amen. All right, let's, uh, let's pray, whether you're still in, standing in your seat or at the front. Amen. Father, we come to you now.